Una. Tumisani Kanyile, Dibeke, Lapo Utanda Kona. It's obviously a very spiritual song there, which reminds me of my days in the YMG, Young Men's Guild in the Methodist Church. A previous life of mine, you will not catch me there anytime soon. <laughs> but of course, that is the song that has been preferred, and you heard a slight laugh there by the Deputy Minister for Department of Social Development. May Henrietta Bukhubane Zulu, no stranger to the platform. I think you've been here now. This is the third time. Mamzulu, good evening. Thank you so much for joining us. Ah, good evening, and good evening, South Africa. Yep. What does that song do for you? Because you started moving, hey? Oh, yes. Um, that's my wake-up song where I... It's like my meditation song where, you know, you kind of like ask God to say, today, God, may I just do and be where you want me to be. And, yeah, every morning I open my eyes and that's the first song I play. I want to ask you something. There are many South Africans who probably will listen to that song and say something similar to that. But unfortunately, their circumstances socially don't quite put them in a position where they can actualize their potential. And this is precisely why there is a division in the South African executive of, or department rather, of social development, really to give people not just hope, but meaningful meaningful tools yep. to, 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 to at least make one migration from abject poverty to a space where they can realize some form of opportunity, develop mm -hmm. some skill, mm -hmm. get a break or a chance in life. Mm -hmm. Of course, this is done in consultation with other departments, but it's, it, it, it falls squarely for the Department of Social Development to at least offer people their dignity. Yep. We are all in agreement. That's definitely um, part of what we do is sustainable livelihoods, um, the, family, the family policy. So every day we, we're striving to actually uh, create, as the tagline says, uh, building um, responsive uh, and caring communities. So definitely you are, you are right. That is basically what we are supposed to do. Um, and we can't do it uh, ourselves. We've got public servants that needs to actually get it moving because we're there for a minute or a second as we serve at the pleasure. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. we, we, we kind of like every day when you wake up, like at the end of the day, will I have my job? Um, and that makes our space very challenging because you every day, you even your decisions or instructions get challenged because some of the people have been there like for 10 years, 20 years, and, and they never even forget to remind you like, Emchana, you found us here. You, you, Are these now the officials in the department? In every government department, trust me, they're there. You found us here, you leave us here. So um, <laughs> it's, 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 a, it's a very dynamic and frustration, but at the same time, for somebody like myself, it's it's an opportunity. And I can say to South Africa, I do my best mm. um, every single day uh, to really give South Africans their dignity back. I, I laughed only because it's just uh, laughable that there would be those attitudes in a space that really does require coordination and cooperation. And in that regard, I mean, I said I would ask you this question. It does require, at least between the two of you, the minister and the deputy minister, you and Minister Zulu, who, who, who there's no security of tenure in that regard, right? Because you serve at the tenure at the leisure of the president. Now, to that extent, when you've got officials who are telling you, you found us here, you will leave us here, you, between the two of you, minister and deputy minister, there has to be a strong relationship. Tell us about that. Firstly, let me say, look, it's about personalities. Um, other combinations work, other combinations don't work. Um, I would say we're fine. Uh, look, we, we agree to disagree. It's, it's not a, a, a rock, you know, it's, 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 not a, it's not a good relationship, neither it's not a bad one. So we like somewhere in the middle. Uh, we can talk when we need to talk. Um, we can pull rank when we need to pull rank, and we, we disagree to disagree when we don't agree between the two of us. Mm. But um, at the end of the day, we, we, we deployed by the same organization, and even when we don't agree to disagree, probably because of our personalities, we always remember that, look, um, the, there's the, 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 the organization which is bigger than the two of us. Mm. But we must also understand that the relationship between ministers and deputy ministers it's it's that relationship that's not like defined i don't report to the minister uh, i report directly to the president as she does and i'm not her deputy 
as a particular, I'm the deputy of the department. And and that is how the constitution, uh, Schedule 4, created uh, this particular relationship. So sometimes the relationships between ministers and deputy ministers work, sometimes they don't work. Um, sometimes officials make us fight, you know. They'll come and say this to you and then, because when the two of you are fighting, they get to do what they want because then the two people are busy with each other. So it's a it's a very interesting space. Um, <laughs> I think I'm the longest serving deputy minister at the moment. So I've worked with six ministers and I have a different relationship with each and every one of them. Amazing. I think you said a lot more than what I bargained for there. I'm not going to probe the matter further. I think South Africans heard for themselves what it is that they've heard. And of course, because we don't have too much time left, I do want to give you the platform because it is a Tuesday and South Africans who are familiar with the platform know exactly what this is all about. It's the hashtag Tuesday Takeover. So that was the very brief introduction. I say very brief because we've had the Deputy Minister for Social Development here twice before. This is her third time, certainly on my slot, and I really want to give the government an opportunity to speak to its people, to speak to its agents, because we are talking about Disability Month. The time now is 2029, and perhaps I should just engage the question one more time or just the conversation a bit further. What does Disability Awareness Month for the department generally mean? What does it signal? What is it signposting towards? What is the theme for this year, 2021, leading into the festive season? The Disability Awareness Month, um, it's the decision the South African government took. Um, that is why it's from the 3rd of November to the 3rd of December, because the 3rd of December is the International Day for Persons with Disabilities. And as a UN member state, we then said, no, we don't want to just have one day. We'd like to have a whole month. And this month awards South Africans to take stock of themselves, their behavior, companies. So this is the month where everybody can say, uh, what have I done to contribute to changing the lives of South Africans? Uh, but it also, you would be aware, it crosses uh, the 16 days of no violence against women. Uh, that starts on the 25th. Mm -hmm. So um, this is a, a, a month where also children with disabilities, their dreams, aspirations. Uh, by the way, my grandchild was born blind, like the grandmother and the mother is turning a year tomorrow. So for me, what? I've got... Really? I've got, uh, I'm visually impaired. I've got two visually impaired children, uh, tw 31 um, and 18, and I have a blind gen a grandchild who's a year old. So for me, I can actually tell you whether we're making progress or not. So uh, because I can judge it with how I was treated, how my 31-year-old was treated, how my 18-year-old yeah, yeah, is treated, yeah. and how what is the future for my grandchild. And that is basically what Disability Month means. Couldn't get more personal for the Deputy Minister. I mean, three generations all suffering from one condition. Well, yeah. we'll hear more about that. Thank you so much for... Thank you so much for just opening up your family to that extent, Deputy Minister Henrietta Wakubane Zulu in the, Deputy, in the Ministry for Social Development. Um, well, it is Tuesday. And I did promise to deliver last week, and I'm delivering again. I've brought a member of the executive. Ask her questions, ask her guest questions. Let's engage Disability Month. Let's engage the department at large. And more importantly, let's engage the conversation that uh, Mezulu will have with Sebenzile uh, Matebula as well as Matome Khanaka, who are respectively a person with a disability in business. That's Sebenzile, and Matome is a health practitioner. After the break, we get things going, and it will be the three of their voices. Not mine. Songes on on SAFM. Good evening and thank you very much for joining us. And we are very happy to take over and be with uh, South Africa this evening. Let's remind each other we are on SAFM. Um, I actually know it by head, 104 to 107. So welcome and good evening. I hope that this evening I would like to talk about two things and I hope South Africa can join me. Um, let's talk about men. It's November. It's the men's month.
So we need to talk about men. We need to talk about their health. We need to talk about their responsibilities. Um, we need to talk about all of the little things that has to do with men and their behavior. So I hope the calls that will come in will be more from the men so that they can talk to us. But let's also remember, as Songeza reminded us, this is Disability Awareness Month. And we would like to talk all things disability. So whether you a parent of a disabled child, whether you are um, a disabled person yourself, uh, this is your platform. Let's make use of it. It's not every day, you know, we get to be given the platform to be on air and talk our business. So let's talk our business. Let's get those calls coming. And I hope that Lisiko uh, will get a Sebenzile for us. Let's start there. All things disability. So Sebenzile Matsebula, as we get hold of her, let me introduce her. She's an entrepreneur and uh, I, I can say uh, she's done it all. Um, she has led disability in the presidency and she's now enjoying her, 60, her 60s, you know, retiring and having fun. A mother of two boys. And the one thing I can remember as we get Sebenzile on the line is the one time uh, we took a family outing and <laughs> it was a Sunday, guys. And he trust, she trusted me to direct her to <laughs> Hardebier's Dam. <laughs> I tell you, I directed her the opposite of the dam. And after like an hour of not getting to the dam, she then says, but how did I trust a, a blind person to get me to the dam? But that's basically uh, how we're doing. So let's not forget those calls, 011-714-2660. And those voice notes, keep them coming. And... um. So, um, so, uh, Mage Matsebula, uh, good evening and welcome to SAFM. And thank you for joining us for the takeover. We're talking all things disability for this uh, segment. So, would like you to just tell us what does Disability Month mean to you and whether you think we are making the progress in this democracy for people with disabilities. Thank you. <clears throat> Good evening, Deputy Minister and JSAF um, listeners. Um, I must say Disability Month and um, my um, enjoyment or participation in the month is one that is a great privilege. Um, maybe just to put it bluntly, Deputy Minister, to say first and foremost the fact that I am able to participate on this dignified platform is part of what uh, democracy has allowed and uh, enabled me to to enjoy. Um, and therefore, just the privilege of being a guest of your guest um, is part and parcel of what democracy has meant for me. Um, and maybe just to further expand on that um, to the listeners, I think for me, democracy has really been something that gives me um, freedom of choice and the various, various statutes that um, our government has provided, starting from the constitution to the various policies to the white paper on rights of persons with disabilities are all um, scenarios that have enabled me to be where I'm at now. I know earlier the two minister mentioned that I'm now in my 60s and enjoying um, my life as a mother, a mother in love and grandmother. And had it not been for the various uh, basic documents that government provided, I would not be where I am today. I However, think as, as, as we take it light, because um, it's a very, I want it to be light, Maya <laughs> Sebe, uh, uh, that's what I call her. And, you know, uh, as you're talking, I'm, I'm remembering the one time uh, <laughs> SAFM listeners, we were together and then going for this outing at this dam, because I want to talk about this. And then as we were sitting there, comes this lady who started, because Magasev is on a wheelchair, who started praying. And he, she prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed. 
And then after praying, she said to her, stand up. We looked at each other and we laughed so loud. And, you know, it's like that particular thing that. So um, I just want very, very briefly to just tell us what that moment felt like and whether that is some of the things that people on wheelchairs are actually still experiencing uh, today. Well, that moment was one of mixed emotions. On the one hand, hilarious, as you point out, but also very painful um, because my boys were very young at that stage. And I remember them looking at me and like any child, they kept saying, stand up, mommy, stand up, mommy. But I knew I would not be standing up and it had nothing to do with my faith, but it was just where I was at at that time. So I went away, um, not a very happy mother, more because of my children, but also realizing how those kind of scenarios can create havoc in people's personal lives. So um, thank you so much, uh, Magasebe. And um, any last message you'd like to give to disabled South Africans, to their families, in particular to entrepreneurs, since you are in that space, just very briefly. Well, I don't know if I can be brief, but <laughs> I just want to say a people with disabilities, especially those who are entrepreneurs and involved in business or want to be involved in business, Whenever you have the opportunity, go in, grab it with both hands, and make sure you do the best that you can be. It's you and only you that can make a difference in your personal life. The opportunities are there, but it's how you take and work with them. Thank you. Thank you very much, Magasebe. And as we wish uh, disabled South Africans and their families. Once again, let's just remind the rights of persons with disabilities is sitting in the presidency and services to persons with disabilities is sitting with social development. As you reach out for those services, don't forget that the biggest barrier South Africa is your attitude and not necessarily the stairs that Magasebe has to, to navigate. We promised you. Thank you so much, Magasebe, and a, a high five to disabled South African. Let's change note a little. Um, can those calls uh, coming? It looks like South Africans don't want to talk to me. Come on, guys. 011-714-2006. And those voice notes at 0614-104-2107 would really hear, love to hear from yourselves. But let's talk about men. Yo, you know, uh, working with men in the department under social and behavioral change, we've got men and boys championing change because we want... Um, better men we want and you know we don't know whether we can still change Songeso we're not sure if we can manage that but uh, we can try um, we have a Dr. Matume Khanaka that I'd like to welcome as the National Deputy Chair of uh, the men's sector and uh, Matume uh, good evening and welcome to Takeover SAFM uh, good evening DM and I must say you certainly have the voice for radio <laughs> Uh, fortunately, you don't have the face for radio, unlike Song Yezo. And, uh But to the listeners of SAFM, good evening. So, good evening. Matume, we are on the men's month. Um, the 20th of uh, November is actually um, the International Day for Men. If men, if you did not know, you do have a month. Uh, this is it. And as disabled South Africans, we are very happy to share it with you. But the, it's more about men's health. And as a health practitioner, and you know, men and the doctor doesn't belong in the same sentence. And I think part of men championing change, um, we're calling on men, start vaccinating, please. Um, it has nothing to do with the... Mm, and uh, Matume will help us with that. So Matume, as we go into 16 days... And as we celebrate Men's Month and as uh, the leaders of Men and Boys Championing Change, what would you like to say to South African men? Um, I think the message is, 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 is quite simple in that um, globally we are the most unsafe country for women. And that's something that we really need to internalize. Mm -hmm. um, you know, when an international traveler um, who's female is coming to South Africa, you know, they get a warning um, that they're going to a country which is um, 
the most unsafe for them, uh, certainly as a solo traveler, but also for women living in South Africa. Um, I mean, it's nothing short of living in a ter in, in terror. I mean, we do know that, you know, from some of the research that has been conducted, uh, you know, that a third of of South Africans, in particular women, are afraid to even walk uh, in their own neighborhood during the day. And that number increases, um, you know, to about uh, more than three quarters at night, just being afraid to be out at night. And of course, with our rates of femicide, including uh, sexual violence. So, I mean, essentially, the message is for us that we need to be the champions of change as men of South Africa, um, so that we are the last generation um, to be, uh, you know, attributed this uh, gross statistics uh, to. Without fear or favor, I can say South African men are very violent. Um, and um, please uh, call in men to tell me I'm, I'm, I'm lying. But um, we have a, a challenge um, where falling in love is a challenge. And as a mother of three girls, I sit and I ask myself, oh, my gosh, you know, what's going to happen to my 25-year-old? What's going to happen to my 18-year-old? And how is it that, you know, we are so afraid of men? Why uh, are, are we supposed to be afraid of men in our homes, in our streets? Why is it that men of South Africa are just making the lives of women so miserable. We, whether it's in a mall, Matume, you must go to the bathroom uh, uh, with a friend because the passage is always this long and the men's toilet comes first and the women's one is always at the back. I've never understood that architectural reasoning. Uh, we can't walk the streets free. But the streets are actually secondary. The biggest problem is you can't even be safe in your own home. Um, uh, before you, as you answer, Matume Tobeka, we're welcoming you from Durban. Let's hear what you have to say before we go back to Dr. Khanar. Hello to you, Deputy Minister, and hello to your guest. Hi. Yes, um, thank you so much, um, SAFM, for bringing on the Deputy Minister. I think Minister, I've once engaged with you on this very same platform on a different program. And just looking at the frustrations of people with disabilities, because I myself am visually impaired, and recently so. So I wasn't born visually impaired. And it helps. Actually, I got hope because before I even started engaging with you, I wasn't even aware that you yourself are visually impaired as a deputy minister. And that somewhat gave me hope as a, as a, a visually impaired um, young youth that if the country is now able to, and you are, like you've mentioned, the longest-serving deputy minister, if the country is able to identify that the visually impaired can also be appointed a, 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 a somewhat, uh, quote-unquote, normal, and can also do the things that able-bodied persons do. And like for a person like yourself being entrusted with such a, a, a position gave me hope as well and... Yeah, thank you. And I also like ended up doing research on yourself, and I've seen the strides oh that gosh. you've taken as a blind person. So I just want to thank you for your work and for raising the flag for the visually impaired, and just to continue the good work. That's what I'd like to say. Thank you very much, Tobeka. You know, for us, it's not every day somebody says thank you, but we really appreciate it. Uh, Sonwabo from the Eastern Cape, we've got you coming on. Good evening, DM, and thank Hi. you very much um, for having uh, me tonight. Minister, I'm from Help the Blind and Partially Fed Society in Bonobos. I want to thank, first of all, your intervention to our special schools in Eastern Cape. Uh, I witnessed intervention in Kalinisa School for the Visual Impaired, with this intervention in a quest school for autism. And yesterday, I am Minister Lodelay. But, Minister, I feel like this special school is attracting more of a social worker, each school is a social worker, whereby school people will understand these kids within the school. So I request, I know sometimes the department do send interns, which is they only stay there for a year or, or, or less. So I wish like they should employ social workers who can take care of the needs of these kids because they are really facing serious, serious challenges which is even affecting their education. And the other thing, ministers, um, we, we, we work for these uh, employees as volunteers. 
you know, we do doing uh, work. Sometimes, you know, you, you got your full-time job, like in, which is I have to go and give his exam back uh, for my people. So you get very worried when you see, like, the social development on the NPO side is uh, not mm-hmm. uh, helping us the way it's supposed to help us, you know. There are so many challenges that we're facing with NPOs. We'll so be coming. I request many. Yeah, so Nambila will be, we on a show, we actually on a road show to know your NPO, know your status, which is headed by myself. And um, I'll make sure that when we come to the Eastern Cape, that uh, you become part of our mobilization. And we have taken all your numbers, which I will have by the time I leave the show. And thank you so much for calling in Anonymous in KZN. You have the floor, please. Uh, good evening to you and to your guest, uh, uh, Deputy Minister, Hi. and to Song and to Songeza as well. Uh, I just want to say that you know, in the workplace, uh, when a person is uh, visually uh, impaired or whether they have any other disability or form of disability, whether, whether you're a walking disability or whether you're a wheelchair uh, disability, wheelchair-bound disability. And uh, the, they, the companies expect the people to work the same as uh, a person who, who's uh, a normal person. Actually, they should. Eh? The companies are right. Um, your disability should not make you less of any employee. Um, but you're not the same. Sometimes your age factor is not the same. Sometimes you have several illnesses and you cannot compete with a person who's not uh, well um in, 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 in carrying boxes and carrying other things like your 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 strength is not the same yeah yeah no when you talk about physical strength it's definitely the debate between men and women but disabled south africans i can tell you i've been in this movement for a long time we about equality and we also saying recognize us for who we are and what we can offer Um, uh, but recognize our special needs, which should not be anything compared in terms of strength, but um, intellect. And thank you for raising that. So I think it's important that we educate our our employers and our fellow employees um, on the different uh, disabilities and the different disability types. So thank you so much, uh, Anonymous. Just one thing, I'd just like to ask Tobacco from Durban if she could please leave her number with uh, Aliseko. We will do that. Thank you very much. Thank you and so much. Enjoy the rest of your evening. Enjoy Bye. your evening. Um, we have Pizzo from Itusing. Uh, good evening, leadership. Good evening, Tate. Leadership, I'm, I'm not disabled. I'm just an activist. Mm, you are a man. It's also men's month, so you are welcome. Yes, thank you very much, my dear. Uh, there is a mama here. Uh, apparently, They've taken her house. Yeah. Uh, but but is her house. As in like tia tia take take. Ma'am, she's no more staying there. Oh okay. And then she stays in the flat. She must go up. I don't know three three floors or what. So that is that is why I call because a uh, day before yesterday, she sent me to Masike to the register to the MEC. Unfortunately, I didn't get the anything. Don't worry. Um, let's take it off air. Uh, we've okay. got your number, Peter, and we promise to call you because that does, does not make sense. You can't just take somebody's call. Um, but I'll just take um, Jeffrey at Whitbank because I'd like to go back to Madume before we go to the news at nine. Jeffrey? Hello. Hi. I'm, I'm well and you, Minister. How are you? I'm highly blessed, divinely favored. Fine, Minister. Um, just wanna talk about this uh, the gender-based violence. Um, as uh, one of the citizens of South Africa, I'm more concerned. It's a man in particular. So I just wanna check from the department side. Have you ever done the research, maybe to try to find out as to what is the real problem? with the South African men, with the abuse that is going on. Not even just the abuse, but the murderers that are going on on a daily basis. But I think I've been hearing many people talking about the solution. But now I need to to, to find out from you, uh, Minister. Um, Have you ever established the root causes of these uh, uh, incidents? I'm going to let uh, uh, Dr. Kanaka answer that question as a man 
and a leader of men, um, uh, Dr. Kanaka, a, a man wants to know why are South African men so violent? Maybe you could uh, uh, guide us and, um, yeah. So, uh, I mean, one would, would um, look at three broad categories. Um, the first one being, you know, intrapersonal, which is the individual responsibility. And, of course, uh, in terms of extra is our social uh, networks and then the structural issues. Now, starting with the personal um which is the most important because that's where behavior change can happen, um, is that, you know, we have normalized um, uh, the, you know, the fertile ground for violence. And when you talk about normalizing, you know, uh, uh, violence, it's mainly in the attitudes that we have. So our attitudes towards uh, women as men of South Africa is often, of course, informed by those patriarchal views, but it's one that has rigid gender stereotypes um, so, you know, and those include, you know, class ceiling in terms of, you know, a woman can be a deputy minister, you know, it belongs in the kitchen, um, also just objectification of women. Um, but also there's issues of, uh, you know, those uh, rigid traditional norms and, of course, uh, a problematic language. And once you've normalized it at that uh, level, uh, while not every single man uh, but some will graduate now to the more higher levels of uh, degrading where it begins to be acted out uh, from the, you know, the internal person in the boys' talk where we begin to express it by degrading women, you know, be it through some form of harassment or, you know, verbal abuse. Um, and then that also graduates to higher levels where we take away autonomy uh, through cohesion and then ultimately explicit violence. So it's not an isolated incident. It's like a pyramid that leads to a culture of violence. The second one, which has to do more with the extra personal, it's more around uh, the community, and that's patriarchal views. You know, uh, we've got a crisis of, uh, you know, those gender norms uh, that are informed by, uh, you know, that vicious cycle of, of, of patriarchy where, you know, there's this hegemonic masculinity where that a man must be authoritative, must be powerful, uh, competitive, uh, strong, and once you've entrenched those in society, you know, you have that vicious cycle where we now create, um, you know, um, power inequality by a gendered socialization. You know, men pink, I mean, women are pink, men are blue, and once you have those power inequality, then they translate into social inequalities, and with the social inequalities, then you have a patriarchal society which then reinforces to create the hegemonic masculinity. So we need to break that cycle. And the third one, which is structural, uh, it's more even for the politicians and, you know, the state. Uh, we are the most unequal society in the world. Um, we know that where there's inequality, there's generally high rates of violence in, 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 in that particular society. You can look at the trends around the world. Mm -hmm. And then when there's poverty as well, um, you know, you have uh, socialization that reinforces uh, some of these macho, and uh, kind of like violence behavior in order to survive in those environments. We also have a historic past in particular that um, is quite violent. South Africa has built uh, quite um, uh, extensively on, on a bed of a violent society. So to address this matter, we need to look at all these issues um, in totality and see the interaction and deal with them um, without, not in isolation, ensure that mm -hmm. at every level we're mm -hmm. dealing mm -hmm. with all the issues simultaneously. From a social development perspective, it, um, we want to say that it's all about social behavioral change. And I always sum up uh, to answer the caller is that South African, you know, an unemployed man or a man that cannot provide for himself or his family is an angry man, irrespective of what the slogan, the policy. It is two minutes to nine. And dear listeners, um, you're still going to have Song Ezo back. And after nine, where we will be taking the news with Greg Hoos. And um, I would like to just wrap up and say my last words after Greg Hoos has read the news for us so that I can say uh, goodbye to South Africa. But um, we are a minute to nine o'clock. And let us make sure that uh, we give, um, we get the news and uh, what is South Africa uh, doing. So let us not forget, I have had the pleasure to be with you and let's wrap up. 
immediately after the news. Let's go straight to Gregory Host for the news. Greg. Song is on on the viewpoint. Good evening, Putsongezo. Thank you for bringing Umama Uandrieta Bokopa Nezolo. The last time she was here, I phoned in uh, with my frustration about the Sasa Dondon. But long story short, uh, she was able to assist uh, the elderly and the what you call the old man is forever grateful. And uh, let me thank her because she's the one that gave me the call the other day and to intervene in the problem that the old man was facing. Thank you very much for her intervention. And she's got a very, very beautiful voice. I think uh, we should swap, man. We should swap. We should listen to her every day. Thank you, Putsu Good evening, uh, Honorable Minister. I want to ask you, as a leader who's a female, uh, in terms of uh, trying to fit in women's rights with the LGTB community, are we not going to find ourselves having a clash? We have had centuries of patriarchy, and unfortunately, both the women's rights and the LGTB rights are still quite new. So how do we ensure that we accommodate women's rights at the same time not continuing with the exclusions that the LGTB and transgender societies have had? And Josie, in KZN. Uh, there is no justification uh, in victimizing women or children. There is no justification in whatever form of gender-based uh, gender violence that human beings do against each other. Love is the most paramount thing that each and every individual should preach. However, love does not rejoice in iniquities, but love rejoices in truth. Therefore, leaders and community and everyone who is a citizen in a certain community should preach love. If you love anyone, there is no way you can do anything bad against that. Thank you. Good evening, ma'am. My major concern relating to the people living with disability is fewer schools or lack of schools for them. If the government can ensure that in each and every circuit there is at least one school, one school dedicated to these people, I think it will make a difference. And people must realize that if it has not happened to you, it does not mean that it will never happen. Can we do something for these people? Mashishin Gomfanga, thanks. Good evening, SFM, um, and thank you very much for this conversation. My name is Wilmeri Bakir, and I am partially sighted from the Western Cape. To be honest with you, um, Disability Month means nothing for me. I don't even know if a lot of people who are disabled, like my friends, for example, if they know about this month, because I don't know if it is doing anything. The same with 16 days of activism. I don't know what it is really doing because the struggle for us, for me, it continues. It feels for me when I say the word I am disabled that I am instantaneously having to um, to convince people of my capabilities. Like sometimes I don't even want to say that I'm from a special school or something because I want people to know that I can do other things. I am not just somebody who cannot see. So, and the same, yeah, with the workplace and, you know, people are always wondering, can you do stuff? Can you only answer a telephone, for example? Thank you. I would like to listen. 
Brilliant. Yeah, I appreciate all of these comments. Much appreciated. We do have Mayor Zulu on for a bit because we just couldn't let her go. There are so many unanswered questions. And if we actually even just suspended the balance of the program and kept her, yeah, I'm very certain that more people will come through with compliments and complaints and issues to raise and capitalize on the fact that we have a member of the executive in our midst. But Mayor Zulu, you've heard what the people have had to say. Do you want to respond to them in the order that you have written them down? Well, um, firstly, I want to say that uh, thank you, all, uh, everyone, for having me here. Thank you so much for us enjoying your time. Let me start to say LGBTIQA plus rights uh, versus women's rights. It's human rights. So irrespective of whether you are gay, transgender, the, the, the entry point is yeah. rights I are agree. human rights. And if we can understand that, we will stop putting the rights in little boxes. Because what brings us together is that we are human. And we need to start there to respect each other. The second thing is that special schools. I am a product of a special school. Um, I went to Bartimia School for the Deaf and Blind in Tabanchu. I did my secondary school in Soshanguve. And um, you would remember then I became a rape victim at school, raped by a teacher in a special school. And then I did my metric as a ABET student. Uh, uh, then it was called night school. Uh, so And... So I have an experience of the different sexes. And I want to say that South Africa has an inclusive education policy um, that came into effect in 1996, where we are saying, as disabled children, you have the right to be and to go to any school. I can tell you that to this day, I still cannot associate that much with my family because I had to leave home, go to a special school, thousand kilometers away. I lost family time. I lost and I came back as a stranger. But I also remained a stranger in my own community. So I think instead of us having a special school in every community, we actually should ensure that we've got disabled children so that your community can get used to seeing Can I engage that, please, Minister? Because, yeah. you know... It's, I think it's Mashinini um, who, who who raised that yes, point. Yes. And, and it took me back to a listener who once, or it was a guest, one of the two, but it was some similar discussion. And, and the point that was made was this. I'm just going to say what the point was, and I want you to carry on from that point, please. I had also raised a similar point to what our listener had said. And the person said that is part of the problem, that we other the community that has all of these impairments, rather than integrating them in society, including schools, wherever you go, they are a part of us. They should be a part of us. There should be no differentiation based on abilities or disabilities, as the case may be. So part of the integration process includes having people with special challenges and special needs within the same community. So it must be a primary school for children. And whatever the challenge for the child is, that school should make allowance for. Or the schools around that should make allowance for the children that in that are in its catchment area. What are your thoughts on that? Precisely because it lends itself to what of, what challenge you experienced as a child. That is very... We, we're saying we, are, we need to build an inclusive society. Yes, yes. Now, if you build an inclusive society and then you perpetuate that children with disabilities must go to special schools, you, 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 you're removing them from the family, you're removing them from their community, and then they are expected to come back as adults where they are not understood, where you actually can never be fully integrated because as a child, uh, cruel as the world would be, mm. you are able to be accepted as a child and you grow. But when you come back as an adult, like some of us who, you know, special schools and boarding schools, and then there I was um, at the university, I didn't know how to cope because I have never been in an environment where I need to explain myself. My teachers understood I'm blind, I can't see, I had my braille, I had everything. And there I was, boom, at Technicon Pretoria. And I just didn't know what to do. I didn't know how to cope. So... The integration and creating an inclusive society, it's what we must all strive for because it's an advantage and not necessarily a disadvantage. It, it, it gives you, the non-disabled person, an opportunity to actually understand the special needs of people with disabilities. That is why we fought for 
an inclusive education system so that I can go to school at the same school. It gives the teacher the opportunity to teach me. And that is why we're also making a special education as a syllabus in teacher so that every teacher Mm. that comes out of school, graduates as a teacher, must be able to teach a diverse class. And the diverse class has nothing to do with disability. It can be a child that has that's going through, the parents are going through divorce. That's a child who has special needs. It's a blind child, it's a deaf child. All you need is a sign language interpreter. That's all you need. There's nothing adjustments that you need to make. So it's very important that as South Africans, we need to, to, to move towards that. But what's also important, yes, um, the month has is not the solution. And a lot of South Africans with disabilities doesn't even know what the month is about, doesn't even understand. But when we look back to the eight years uh, that this month was institutionalized um, by uh, President Zuma's administration, there's a lot because people know that there is a period where they will have to account to what exactly have they done? What else in the past? You were just there, mm. you know, nobody cared. But now you can ignore us for the whole year, but you are definitely assured that you are going to meet us in November. Not that it's also a solution to everything. It's not. But the awareness is important because then, like tonight, we're keeping the conversation going. We're talking to South Africa. Yeah. But we're also enlightening. And I think, Songa, so the most important element that I want to leave uh, SAFM listeners with is that as a disabled black rural girl growing up, I had no mentors. I had nobody to look up to. The only other blind person was the beggar in the street or Steve Kekana, may his soul rest in peace, or Babsim Langini. And my parents dreamt that there was a blind girl I was sing one day, but I can't even sing to save my life. So <laughs> having me in this show, it's going to help a lot of parents. Like Tobeka said, she never knew that being blind, you can be a deputy minister. So we're creating role models for disabled children that we did not even have. Now disabled children in South Africa can dream out of the box. They know that not even the sky is the limit. And it is shows like this that actually assists mm. the many parents that are listening there can say, oh, wow. So my blind child, it's not the end of the world. Oh, my child on a wheelchair. Actually, there is support out there. And we're here to say, let's keep it together, South Africa, and let's create an inclusive South Africa for all and of us. And part of creating that inclusive society, perhaps this is my final question and comment to you. And I think it is an important one. I was at a tourism summit very recently. And then in that conversation, they started talking about the disabled community who cannot really make use of the institution of tourism or get involved in the enterprise of tourism precisely because their needs are seldom catered for. Without even going that far, I would even suggest that is it not high time that we make it a KPA, particularly in public buildings, the Department of Public Works, and those who get tenders to construct buildings for the public benefit, that access to these buildings, these structures, these spaces, are available for all persons, irrespective of what limitations of mobility and the like may be. Because these spaces then do not speak to the people if the people cannot access them. I mean, how many government departments, genuinely speaking, or public spaces, genuinely speaking, honestly, have escalators or lifts or those fly stairs that are always working, that have got <laughs> access for assistance for those people with mobility challenges, access to Braille for those who can't see, can we honestly say all of our public buildings, at least on that one score, are always scoring at 10 out of 10? The answer to that is an emphatic no. And that ought to be something that is challenged, and, and challenged precisely because at least of the 12 months, this is the one month where we can advocate for that and genuinely challenge for it being an institution. Luckily, I'm the former Deputy Minister of Public Works, so I want to say to South Africa, we did well. Um, we did Patricia DeLille is our friend, so we'll put it to her for sure. Oh, well, definitely, but at least she came into a department where I had passed the disability policy and um, that we had done an audit. So we actually know 
which buildings are not accessible. And I want to say that since then, we've really made progress. So Patricia DeLille actually inherited a department that has a disability policy that she needs to continue. But I also want to say to South Africa, um, two months ago, cabinet approved the universal standards in terms like every architect, town planner, everybody needs to comply mm -hmm. to what we call the universal access standards, which... Uh, social Development and uh, the Department of Women, Youth and Persons with Disabilities did a joint memo to actually um, get these universal standards so that the ramp is not built for the wheelchair. It's built for the a woman who pushes the, 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 the pram. It's, it's a space that can be used by everyone. And I, I want to close, actually, mm -hmm. so with um, the one time I had, uh, we were friends and all of us are visually impaired and we decided to go out on a restaurant and when we go to the restaurant, we, um, Please we, 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 none of us could read the menu. So we, we were all this dressed up and then we get there. The menu is small print and we mm -hmm. walked in looking like we the clevers. And, and we, 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 we got there and, um, now we need to actually tell the waiter that we can. And the waiter brings the menu and none of us can read it. And then we are all looking at each other. We're like, who's going to tell the waiter that we can't see? And then I'm like, well, I know it's not going to be me. I'll just order chicken. Whatever it is, I know the chicken will always be on the menu. And it was such a joke because then one of my friends ordered prawns. And as a totally blind person, you can imagine, for the first time he put his hand and find these hokakis, he screamed the whole restaurant down. And at that time, the manager came running, thinking, and for the first time, we had to declare that, oh, actually, we can't see. We ordered these things without even knowing what it is. And it was, um, it's some of those lighter moments that, guys, at the end of the day, we're human. At the end of the day, we go through the same pain, the same challenges. And at the end of the day, we all have big dreams and aspire to be somebody somewhere. And for me, that's what I love to be, to be a role model to as many disabled children as possible and to actually give families as much hope over and above the many hundred things that I do in social development. And to SAFM, thank you for having me this evening. And thank you to the listeners of SAFM. Um, we didn't take over. It's not a coup, so we can give Songezo back his show. And good evening. Mazulu, thank you so much for your time. Really appreciate it. And uh, yeah, you did very well. And the oh, Songezo, I you. nearly forgot. You have forgotten something. Yes, okay, very, very important. So South Africa, tomorrow we're hosting a three-day summit for short-statured people. And um, they are amongst the very important marginalized group. Remember those short people. Even sometimes in our cultures, we call them otikoloshi. We give them all sorts of funny names. Remember those people can't even reach the chair. They can't, they're very, very, very short. So I'm spending three days with them. And I'm saying, South Africa, follow us on social development so that you can actually hear from themselves, uh, from how they cook because the stove is very high that comes with being a short-statured South African. And join us from tomorrow to the 12th. And we're looking forward to welcoming short-statured South Africans from all the provinces uh, tomorrow morning, actually. And good luck to the airports and the flight attendants that have to carry them and put them on their seats. And the hotel that needs to have, because they can't reach the door, they can't get onto their beds. You know, all of that, we throwing uh, Pretoria a challenge and we're going to have short-statured South Africans everywhere. So join Fantastic. us, follow us, and let's make South Africa an inclusive society. Fantastic. No, we certainly do appreciate your time. We appreciate the fact that you've indulged us for longer than what probably you might have budgeted for. The team here is very excited. There were times where they were panicking, I could see. Thank you to them as well for joining in and making sure that this conversation was available on other streaming platforms as well. And I think this question of access is incredibly important. Thank you to your guest as well for joining us who's still in studio. Thank you for the indulgence, folks. We do appreciate that. I know you were anticipating other conversations to take place, but I think given the magnitude of the conversation that we were having, and the nature of what it is at the time at which it is happening, we obviously had to spend a little bit more time, certainly out of respect as well for the Deputy Minister, we thought we should just actually engage you as the comments from you were coming through. The time is 21.23. Let's take a short ad break before we continue with the balance of what is the show.